the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleiner. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, the power of water, and a new direction we're taking with our talk show. It's going to be water life science discoveries, and we're going to be defining to you a nature's pharma outlook for the power of water on each of these shows. Each of the shows will be giving you an opportunity to eavesdrop with scientists and physicians and authors that are well-known worldwide and what is happening out there that you have not heard about on some new discoveries and directions for a better health. Because of my world and what I'm in in my many years, three decades of research, it will always be back to water life science. And water life science is this, is that the moment you were born, you came from a pocket of water and you entered into the air we breathe called the water vapor of the atmosphere. And that's one thing about this radio talk show that I don't want you to ever forget that we study and I want you to think about your daily world, your, active, your life, from your new baby to your birth till the end of your life living with the heavens above. It's going to always be the water vapor and water. The water vapor in the atmosphere, once you're born and you came from that pocket of water, is your life. It's your influence. It's like a magnet. It's electrolytical, not different than a lightning rod. And from that moment on, you live with that individually because there are no two eyes alike, no two fingerprints alike, you're different. You're that, that unusually unique. Each person. Have you ever noticed that you even look a little different than somebody else? I don't care where in the world you're living. You have a little difference that rec- people recognize that you are looking differently than somebody else does. So that's because of a word that we're going to be teaching you in this eavesdropping to listen evaporation of body water, of you from birth. Now, how do you take better care of yourself and your health and live long and find these cures for diseases to assist these scientists out there to find the cures, to be able to find out what those symptoms are that you have that are called diseases and illnesses. You will find them yourself along with your physician and help the scientists of the world learn to find those cures like I am. From the moment you're born, this whole process is living in water. Water life science is the future of everything. And I agree, you've never really heard about this before. You're listening to something you've never heard before. But come and look for our press releases Type in Sharon Kleina, K-L-E-Y-N-E, press releases. Type in Sharon Kleina blogs. Type in Sharon Kleina Twitters. And what you can find on what we're learning. And then the the Sharon Kleina radio talk show with Voice America World Talk Radio. Today we have an exciting new partnership with Rose Hong with Global Dragon TV. 
out of Washington, D.C. Rose will be there looking and working with me as a partner from now on. I'm really excited about this. Her future, what she does worldwide is extraordinary as an entrepreneur, but she and I have been made a partnership and she's working with me with Voice America and World Talk Radio and, and Apple iTunes and more. We're going to be announcing more uh, every show so that you'll be able to take excitement, have an exciting way to understand what the focus and the, what we're going to be doing for you to eavesdrop into this laboratory of a radio talk show to learn more. I'm really excited today about Dr. Mark Davis is a science tutor. And he's a, he has, his field is medical records investigator, a book reviewer, science editor, and radio consultant and writer. He's out of Baltimore, Maryland. I think you're going to find him exciting and like you're eavesdropping into a laboratory of learning more. Before we bring on Dr. Davis, I want you to know that you need to learn more and go in and type in critical facts that you need to know more about clean water. It's vital for your education. Be able to type in new facts about dry eye. And as you know, Nature Cheers Eye Mist is our sponsor, which is the supplement, the breakthrough in technology, patents owned worldwide for dry eye. Did you know that from the moment you're born, you open your eyes and that eyelid is not covering the eye for a moment and that surface of the eye has a tear film of 99% water. That water begins an evaporation. If you have any vision complaints whatsoever, it's because of evaporation of that tear film. You need to supplement that tear film. There's only one product worldwide to use for every day. It's like you learn to use your toothbrush. You've learned to use lip balm. You've learned to use sunscreen. You've learned how more technology in eating the proper foods. You've learned a lot. And with that learning process, you're going to learn that the eyes are vital to your health in every day. Blindness, sad to announce, is out of control. Why is blindness out of control? Eye drops trap and seal the moisture, but they don't supplement the evaporation of lost moisture. Only nature's tears I missed. You'll be learning more from us about what happens with your exercise and learning how to live with breathing and how to eat and how to sleep and, and, and how, what type of much water to drink. That is what we're going to be teaching. You're going to learn five things from me in this laboratory of listening. We're going to teach you how to breathe. We're going to teach you how the water you should be drinking. And don't count your tea or your juices. It's water, plain water. You're going to learn how the technology of eating, and it's a technology of learning. You're going to learn the technology of how to think about exercise. And you're going to learn why Earth sleeps and why we live with the solar system the way we do with a sleeping behavior. It is vital to learn how to sleep. 
I want to thank you for listening, and we're going to listen to our sponsor, and we're going to come back and introduce you to Dr. Mark Davis. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Dr. Davis, are you with us? I'm right here. How are you, Sharon? Well, I'm fine. How are you today out there in Baltimore, Maryland? I'm excellent. I appreciate being on your program. Well, we're coast to coast here, and I want the audience to hear a little bit about getting to know who you are. What is your background? Uh, I'm a physician. I'm not in practice anymore after 30 years. I reverted back to my primary love, which is science. I'm a science advisor to, to the many, and I also tutor in the science. That's basically what I do. I also write. I've written hundreds of articles. I've written eight books on different subjects, and I just love to teach. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. And when you say science, because we know how broad and how expansive the world in science is, yeah. what do you usually, do you have a specialty that you study? Uh, I do general science mainly, chemistry, organic chemistry, physics, mm-hmm. astronomy, lots of mathematics, um, and I try to get people interested, especially students in science. We have a dearth of students going into sciences in the in the colleges, so I try to push them to go into it, and I help them along with their testing and studies and that kind of thing. I appear on radio programs like your own, uh, discussing different kinds of health issues and science. People contact me all the time that they have problems, and I try to resolve them for them in terms of healthcare and or in science. Mm-hmm. So your and your uh, focus is working and taking people by the hand and getting them uh, the confidence 
yeah. who want to think, not give up on wanting to, to devote their lives to studying in science. Well, exactly. Sciences and healthcare, trying to get people to go to medical school. Students are sometimes on the border, whether they want to do uh, science or they want to become a social uh, engineer. So here I am. I'm one of those people who try to push them into the hard sciences, the physical sciences. And it's a very interesting process of the many people I talk to. Uh, science is not on the top of the list of many of the students that I see. Do you find that maybe they're wanting to take it so complex and so complicated that they don't, uh, they're worried about their own pers- personal fascination that maybe during an interview or with a, a teacher that is into science that maybe would discourage them because it may not. They, do you find for yourself the fascination of curiosity is what led you to do what you're doing? And young exactly. students need that curiosity and not be uh, influenced by uh, somebody thinking that maybe they wouldn't have the capacity to be able to do this, when well, maybe their curiosity gives them a, a capacity to vision. Well, correct, correct. You, you, you try to engender the people to uh, look towards the science fields, and many of them may feel a, a little bit uh, intimidated by the field itself, and or the teachers, as you mentioned, or professors. But nevertheless, as they accumulate knowledge, that, that fear of the science itself redu- reduces on itself, so people w- will move in that way. And... Um, I see more PhDs now coming forward on, uh, from American students coming up. So I, I, I think the sciences have had a revitalization over the years with Google and the computers, and uh, things have been made a little bit easier, and the mathematics course of the computer has become a lot less intense than people needed to do before. They don't need to do it by hand anymore, maybe for an examination. But after that, uh, the math can be done online. So I, I see... Uh, People who who felt weak in a sense, as you mentioned, or not courageous enough to go into the sciences, now wanting to go into them. So, uh, and then that's what I do. I, I try to encourage kids, and I try to make the science look, try to modernize it. I mean, the, the Star Trek science. We try to discuss things more of, of the current nature of science instead of uh, three thousand years ago when when Archimedes or Aristotle were out there doing their thing. I try to bring it more to the current level. So the interest uh, perks a little bit. And creating, you know, um, a little bit about my background and what I do. Uh, Many, many years ago, I was curious. Um, I was president of the American Cancer Society, and I was saddened and curious why terminal diagnosis people would give up. And then we had people who wouldn't give up. We found the families were not helping. So I assumed, Dr. Davis, that maybe the families were causing the terminal diagnosis to to be challenging for the patient. So I started studying how we could work with the patient in in better health education and and to fight the problem. And um, so along the way, here I am decades later, the founder of a water technology, um, and I decided to dive in after many years into what is happening to the body for it not to be able to live with stress. 
I ended up with no background in um, the medical field and science uh, at the university. I found myself getting the confidence to tell the world with better health education, the water in your body and the water you're living with in the atmosphere scientifically is a technology that we need to learn more about your stress and the word evaporation of that. Uh, And I found myself into the business world then developing the first water life science business on the planet and getting patents all over the world in what causes a dry eye. What is really the truth about dry eye? And I didn't have any lack of confidence because I had studied what that was all about with common sense. And, you know, when I started this show with common sense, with the physicians and the Nobel Prize winners and the different people that have come on through the years uh, from all, a science from all over the world and the respect I wanted to earn, I wanted to earn that respect, is it common sense. And I've had doctors say, Sharon, common sense is what it's all about. So if your students, Dr. Davis, could be influenced, yeah. that if they're fascinated to even look at science, what is it they're fascinated with for themselves personally as an emotional experience to personally get involved? They'll well, tell you and reveal to you, and I'd love to have them on the show, by the way, if you want to turn some of them over here to talk about it on the show. Why are they intrigued and, and excited about considering a science, a technology in science, and maybe come up with some breakthroughs that nobody had ever thought of before. And that's where every scientist I've ever met said their grandmother could become a scientist because they have common sense. Right, right. Well, science in in this country specifically was in the doldrums for many decades. Our space program went into the the dark. We don't have a a way to get to our own space station. And in in general, science wasn't being fun to a higher enough level. There's always money out there, but it it became scarcer and scarcer. So now with the rejuvenation of many of the science programs, the space program, children and now uh, adults became interested in science again. And they're seeking more science courses if you look at the college uh, roles specifically. So I do see that. But Mm -hmm. healthcare specifically, we're seeing... uh, a revitalization of people applying to the medical schools, to the Ph.D. programs at the universities. Um, my own son was a Ph.D. in computational biology. So, I mean, we, we, we're seeing more of this coming, coming back right there. What interests them, they see things mostly on the TV or on the Internet or the, um, in the studies in the schools, and I think it's being pushed a little bit harder than it has been in the past. So uh, I think that intimidation to an extent may be waning to a, to a point in time where we're going to see uh, we'll be at the top of science again as we were back in the 60s and the 1970s in terms of student achievements. Well, you know what? I think one of the greatest things the United States offers, um, and I could speak to the world on this, is the freedom to, to dream. Hmm. Um, I found, and I mean the word vision is dreaming. Uh, I don't mean dream about a Star Wars and, and something that is uh, 
not common sense. But we have been able to uh, have a vision. And, and what I was so fortunate in my life is when somebody would kind of laugh about a vision I had, nobody, yeah. I didn't find myself really, I found, hmm, why are they laughing about me? I think when, if you could impl- bring on students to the show here, and then in your capacity with the students, the first thing I would say to a student, like I do when I've been in the hospitals or whatever I've done, I say, how long have you been doing this to the technician or whoever? And they'll tell me. And I said, oh, and where did you get, your, where did you go for your training? And they'll tell me. And I'll say, how long have you been uh, living in this town? And do you have other visions to where you want to go with this besides where you're at? And, and you watch them kind of sparkle. And uh, so young people, I, I find myself with young people that I've been so exposed to through my life, is yeah. getting them excited about what's your vision? What are you after? Sometimes in a classroom, a teacher has a tendency not to allow them to go away from the book. Yeah. They want them to stick to the book. I, and I, that's where I have gained a lot of respect through the years throughout the world is fortunately scientists like the fact that I'm not going by the, what's called the book of their training, but what, where they got their training in their books. They like it because I'm, I come out of the box and I yeah. do it a little differently with what I call common sense. I'll let you, doctor, use what you, you learned in school and the yeah. book and all that vocabulary of of impression, of description, of, of what you learn. It's going to be a different vocabulary than I would use because I'm going to go out of the box to try to get you and everybody else excited about the future of living on this planet with the future of water life science that nobody's ever done before. Well, we live with science everywhere. We have it in our pockets and in the cell phone, and what's exciting about the cell phone and the computers, the people that engender these things in their minds all started in their garages. That's where they started, Apple and right. Microsoft and Google and the rest of these people. And, then, and, and, and they see they could start from scratch and become not only wealthy and famous, but actually effectuate things that people need. And as we come up with search engines and smaller phones and smarter computers, and there's a large space for people to improve on what's out there and even renew or bring new products to market in terms of uh, computing power, that kind of thing. And the science is very deep. Well, and you know, Doctor, you're not talking about the future of an enormous wealth of new pioneering and money to be made for individuals and in the technology of healthcare breakthroughs. Well, if you remember the philosopher René Descartes, he said that anything you can dream of, you can do, and, and that's basically what we've done. In, in, in many senses, in many senses, we've achieved more than the science fiction writers in the vision in the 1950s and 1960s, what we have here in 2018. And we're just at the beginning. And to get people to understand that, I just tell them to look at their cell phone and look at the science that goes behind that. And it's, it's a wonderment what we have right now. We could call well, any place is, on the earth. Can you imagine these young people sitting there in their college class, uh, uh, dorms 
and, and, and coming up with what's called Facebook, Google, um, Apple, all these different uh, young people that came up with all that. But then we also need people in the healthcare field. I was watching David Frudenberg from, I think he was with Bloomberg News, and he was yeah. interviewing the head of NIH, yeah. Uh, Dr. Francis Collins, and he yeah. was going on and on about France. Now, why would he have the head of NIH on the Bloomberg? Well, with, with the, the businesses. So he came along, and yeah. Dr. Collins was answering these questions quite well, and he finally said, You know, Dr. Collins, you used to be an atheist. What happened? Now you have a strong faith base. He said, Well, the more I studied, I found there was something by far more powerful than himself. Then toward the end, he said, now what do you think is the future of new breakthroughs? And he said, all molecular. Now, yes. scientifically and with technology, it's wide open for students to get fascinated with not just the, the uh, air atmosphere bouncing off of a, of a, uh, of a wireless handheld gadget. Um, there's more to the future of getting scientific cures. And because have you noticed we don't have cures like we used to? No. So we have, yeah, we have maintenance right now, not cures. I lost a, there was a dear brother. Yeah, we, 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 people, we find them maintaining cancer patients, not curing them in a lot of senses. Main, but there are cures out maintain, there. Maintaining, I like that word. Yeah, yeah, maintaining them. And in medical school, when I went to school back in the ancient times of the 1970s, uh, that was what we were taught because there were not many cures out there. I lost my dear right. brother to cancer. I lost my mom. And I lost a dear brother very recently to the, to the same thing. And as you uh, implied, sometimes... Then these cancer patients are not given a chance. In 2018, there are many, many places and many, many therapies to obtain in these places, and sometimes not, uh, they don't avail themselves of the uh, areas where they can go to be cured and or at least give them more years to live. Let's take pancreatic cancer as, uh, really quickly. That has a, a five-year lifespan of about 5%. That, that's, why is that? Why, why can't we do Isn't better that than that? Isn't that ridiculous why? when you can go to the moon, you can yeah. hold a handheld portable device exactly. that I can call China with WeChat, yeah. uh, that you can take pictures uh, all yeah. over the world, and you've got all these um, devices that are yeah. used for uh, the computer on the desk yeah. and all this method that you ha- cannot find a cure in well, the you, you Let's take one point at a time. The moon, you mentioned. President Kennedy, he set a goal, and the goal was achieved within the decade he set it. Okay, we need to establish goals, and we basically uh, have arrested, not maybe not cured, but arrested HIV. That's something great. Uh, but in the 1990s, it was a death sentence. Now it's not. Leukemia is almost a death sentence to children, especially to cure leukemias mm-hmm. now. Now we have high levels of cures in them. So we're seeing changes happen within the medical community, both in intellect. I think we're getting a lot of better people in there, especially on the research level, not, the, not so and much you on know, the practice level. The other one that I hope you encourage the students with, with, with science and wanting getting into research and, and, and letting their visions 
and, and, and what I use is the word dream wasn't quite right. I love the word vision of imagination. And you get emotionally right. caught up in what they think they can do to get excited about what they maybe think they might have learned something that somebody else has not learned yet and not be intimidated if somebody wants to kind of laugh about it. I didn't allow anybody to find me amusing when I was studying. And here I have breakthroughs in water life science that are in the medical field. And, you know, you think about what young students, young people could do to add to their vision, their excitement, and their, what they can do to make a better place. Maybe these young students that are so brilliant, sadly to say what I'm going to say, are the ones that get emotional and get emotional illnesses because they've lost confidence yeah. that maybe somebody doesn't find them what they're trying to tell them or say in their lives to be serious and, or, or just respect the fact that they've got another point of view about something? Well, well the bulk of students... We have emotional problems in the world yeah. that can be right. cured. I'm, sure, I'm convinced of it. Yeah, yeah, sure. But the bulk of students coming out of America's high schools are not going into, into the uh, sciences, the hard sciences. They may be going into the source on taking care of uh, nursing, which is an admirable field, three million nurses in this country. We have a million doctors. We have another million to two million technicians. Dr. Davis, we have to take our first break, and this is the only break we take. And okay. we'll take it, and we're going to come back, and you're going to teach us about what these young people that you're talking to and what they're, what's available to them and what you just yeah. said and okay. what's, what's out there for them. Don't go away. This is going to be eavesdropping in our laboratory, laboratory of research that you and I are talking about. We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist. It's patented worldwide for dry eye. It's a handheld humidifying the eye to be able to supplement the evaporation that causes dry eye. It's like you brush your teeth every day to try to prevent cavities. You're using your lip balm to seal moisture, to slow down moisture loss, to hopefully you'd want to try to prevent melanoma of the skin with your sunblocks. But there's Nature's Tears Eye Mist now for the first time to supplement the eyes to slow down that problem of over-evaporation that causes a dry eye to vision impairment. Blindness is out of control worldwide. It's because of that over-evaporation of that 99% water. Well, listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist with just a mist. And we'll be back with Dr. David. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. 
Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinerHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinerHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Dr. Davis, before we took our moment out of our laboratory here, I'm calling it, uh, you uh, were telling us about all the occupational uh, that's available out there in um, the field. Could you tell tell us a little bit more and then try to... What we see in the colleges, especially into the PhD programs, are more uh, immigrants going into the sciences. Uh, Partially, it's built into the education systems from where they're from, where science is encouraged to be studied, which is not so intense here in this country as you would see. So as I talked to a few Ph.D. program directors, they would tell me they're getting more applicants from India, uh, Europe, that, that, those kind of places, than American students are coming in. So I talked to somebody at the VA hospital. She told me most of the applicants for technology positions here are not from this country. They're from other countries. So uh, it, we have a dearth of people training in specific subjects that are needed, especially where there is a, uh, a great need, especially in the technology areas in the hospitals, to run the CT scanners, the MRIs, the spectral analysis machines, those kind of things. Even well, more, the more basic I'll things. You, uh, Dr. Davis, I'll also mention that um, with experiences I've had in the hospitals and the medical field, uh, the doctors that are going to coming in from uh, all over the world, uh, physicians too, not just in technicians. Uh, yes, yeah, but for sure. But on, we're, we're talking yeah. about on the higher levels of the universities right now, where, why mm-hmm. people are not going into these areas because they're not encouraged to do it, as you mentioned, as you referenced uh, in, in the high school specifically. Science is not mm-hmm. a major emphasis in, in many of the schools across yeah, the country. Right. Mm-hmm. So, okay. uh, so you're absolutely correct. I mean, that, that's basically. But I'm I'm referring to the universities and colleges okay. where people are applying, and we're seeing that high. Look at the look at the MIT uh, in, influx of uh, students in the freshman year. Twenty five, thirty percent of them uh, a few years ago were from uh, other countries. We're not seeing that many people. When I came, I went specifically to a high school, Brooklyn Technical High School, which was supposedly number one in the country in the 1960s, and we had a great encouragement from our faculty to go into uh, the sciences, go to these programs at MIT or whatever the science schools are. You're not seeing that so much right now anymore. It's more the soft sciences. We're seeing people, well, if, if he's 
becoming a barber at six months of training and making $80 an hour. Why should I go to school for nine years where I'll make uh, $130 an hour when I can make $80 an hour in six months? That kind of thing. And, and people seeing the long training in some of these fields as well. Getting a PhD in postdoctoral training. You can become 30 years old before you can get a job, a real job. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it, it does have to do with the aging effect what people think down the road and, and, and the things that we discussed. Do you think, I'm going to interrupt you for a second there, I don't, it comes to my mind, do you think, and I, I said this many, many years ago, uh, I was very alarmed by the faculty of all the educational systems not encouraging vision in their classrooms, but going into a classroom, teach a class, buy the book, and if anybody wants to go uh, uh, beyond the book, they didn't want to hear it, uh, the student. And the yeah. students, uh, when we were growing up, um, it, I was allowed to be visional, have a vision. And um, in fact, I have to share, it's so funny, um, when I look back on it, uh, when I was in the first grade, I started the first grade and he would raise my hand to tell the teacher, I thought there was something else that we should be learning, um, maybe a subject she was teaching, that we could add to it. And she didn't, she kind of would be startled. And I did that all through school. And I did it in my whole adult life. Is there something else here that we could be learning? Do you believe that what's happened to our teachers, maybe throughout the world, but I'll just say here in the United States, they're not allowing young people to go beyond the book. And they're making them feel inferior if they want to discuss something beyond different than the book. Well, we have certain, yeah, yes, we have certain constructed uh, uh, systems that the educational system puts forth. You must pass this test or that test to graduate. So the aim of the class, the aim of the course is to pass the examinations, not to bring enthusiasm into the very science that is being taught in that specific classroom as to what you see. Now, there are many great teachers in the sciences across this country, absolutely, and they do encourage their students in, in so many ways. But the general educational guidelines coming from the higher the hierarchy may not be in, in, in those respective areas, especially in the sciences. And you see, that's where we see so many people going more into the softer subjects, not the sciences specifically. And there was not an emphasis on the sciences, especially for women, up until very recently. More women now are going into the sciences as well. I have two daughters. Neither one wanted to go on for their Ph.D., but they both have masters in various uh, areas. So I know that for a fact, but I also have been to classrooms where teachers have posted the pictures of Star Trek, Star Wars, or, or whatever science uh, modality was current at that point in time, and they're trying to bring students around to the idea that, hey, you can invent many of these things. So uh, we have uh, a dichotomy. It's a a dichotomy. Um, It's a dichotomy, I guess I would say. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, how do you get a student excited about something that you can't really touch? Well, if their parents parents are not enthused about science, maybe uh, you bring it into the household by saying, look, we're trying to teach your child this information, it may be a good path for him to go down the road. You talk to the parents as well. Maybe they will encourage them. Maybe they just didn't have the energy or the forethought to do that. So maybe retraining the parent as well 
sometimes helps. That's why open mm-hmm. schools are, are worthwhile having the patient, uh, the parents around when you're doing tutoring, that kind of thing. Maybe it'll change their minds. So it, mm-hmm. only one, your show can do that because you have a wide audience and a wide group. I don't have a very small audience, but I do try to do things like well, that to but encourage. You, it. you are doing something, Dr. Davis. It's very exciting to me. I think young people, people out there of all ages, if they have a vision and they can see something, and I'm going to go away from Star Wars. I'm going to go away from this. I I really would hope that people would want to be involved in an excitement of a science and a technology, and I call everything a technology, a blade of grass, uh, to get it where it's at and keep it growing, keep it flourishing, keep it living with the earth and the soil. The soil has to be a technology because it needs to be it needs to be taken as a species uh, to keep to be healthy, so it doesn't become sand. Because when it becomes sand, it doesn't um, relate to the atmosphere of the water vapor the way it should to be yeah. healthy. Why is California yeah. full of fires and these country states full of fires? Too much sand. And the thing it is, is our young students all. I don't care if they're young or not. Anybody who wants to go to school. Now, or to learn, to, and that's the beauty of this desktop called computer and these phones. They can go and, and they can ask them questions. What about this? What about that? What yeah. is there out there? And learn, and then they find out, oh, there's nothing there that goes along with what I just asked. Maybe I could study that, and uh, like I did. And uh, But back to uh, the future of your young people out there encouraging them that don't let anybody influence you, that if you have a vision about something, do something about it, if that's what you want to do. Do you know this emotional disease, they call it disease, emotional symptom that they're having out there with young people on medication and running around with or without medication, uh, all ages of people running around with or without medication. Maybe it's that somebody wouldn't allow them to use their vision. Well, and they were bullying them about, no, no, don't do that. Don't say that. And, or, or you're too vision, you know, you're too this way, you're too that way. Maybe we need to be respectful to people, but maybe they're brilliantly wanting to share a vision of some kind and people are not listening to them. Well, here in Maryland, here in Maryland, I'm, originally from New York. Here in Maryland, my wife is a, also a professional. She sees her patient, and the patient, every third child here is on something for ADHD or ADD. Or, right. Uh, any, and, and we're seeing a lot of that methylphenidate, silver, right. things like that, that, these kind of chemical, uh, and, and these kids may or may not need, I don't know, I, I didn't examine them, I don't know that for a fact, but nevertheless, suppression of thought is what's happening, and you made a very good point. Whole masses of students across the country may be uh, interested in something else than other than what the teachers are pushing down their throats. So they're they're visibly annoyed in the classrooms, or this they're maybe a little quick-minded, and they're being drugged to fall into right. line, if you will. And you, you made an excellent point there. That that is what we're seeing. And I I used to see that when I was in practice too. Many many adults now described as having ADD, ADHD, adults. Not sure. Yes. Autism, yes. autism is way over-diagnosed. 
in the world, autism is uh, three per thousand here in Maryland. It's one per 84. That's completely wow. overdiagnosed. It's absolutely absurd. More boys than girls. So, uh, yeah, and yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah, you're absolutely something. correct. I had, not, I had not thought about the word depression. Could be you depress somebody from their emotional yeah. needs. You depress them. Yeah. And that's maybe uh, not being, uh, in the, I don't like the word not being aware, uh, not under, respecting the fact that you have a, every individual is different. Everybody has a difference. Right. So we have to learn to let them be who they are. And if yeah. they have a vision, have you ever noticed that sometimes the most emotional person of these attention deficits are very brilliant? They're yeah, very sure. smart? Sure, but they, very, very they much only so. can hang but, on to it for so long because it begins to disappear for some reason. It, yeah. it, it cuts off. Uh, have you ever noticed with people that have uh, schizophrenia that they didn't go out and ask for, but they ended up having schizophrenia, yeah. that they were very smart, brilliant people, but something was cut off along the way to where yeah. they, they have an emotional illness? Exactly. Uh, a child that maybe... I hate the word disease. Uh, to me, a disease is something like, if you catch flu, I catch flu. Uh, some of these emotional diseases are not... Yeah. You don't catch them. There's well, no. something that happens with the person yeah. that... Uh, now, back to your goals and your books. Now, what are most of your books about? Uh, my one was about uh, Obamacare, which failed horribly. And I predicted that about... I'm Everybody printed, predicted that Obamacare... Well, I, I wrote Obamacare dead on arrival, a prescription for disaster, and I had a hundred interviews about it. And it was certainly... I mm-hmm. uh, had m- many interviews, and, and if you look at the book, and the book specifically went into why the, the mechanisms of Obamacare were not meant to improve health care. And if you read the tenets of it, which I did, I read it cover to cover thousands of pages of material, you can see... Uh, the designers had other intent in mind other than improving health care. But nevertheless, that, that's what I saw in, in Obamacare. And uh, luckily, uh, uh, we have, uh, we're moving away from it. We need to move away from it, for sure. It, it cost this country hundreds of billions of dollars and lots of lives. I couldn't believe. You know, I watch this uh, in health care. I watch it in the, in, in, in the world out there. And what they're, what's, what's costing these people in America at their kitchen table um, is unbelievable beyond all imagination what happened to them to be victims of people who have a temporary way for them to put money in their own pocket yeah. up to maybe 20 years of their life if they're politically involved. Those people walk away, if they can put 20 years toward what they're trying to do at their elected position, and and those that they can bring in under the table with them personally, that can reap the benefits of their position, it's costing the American people at their kitchen table their lives. Their lives. I wrote another book called Demons of Democracy, which I describe things as you just you just said. Uh, politicians have profited greatly of not helping the very people that put them into office, 
at, at this point in time. You can see that, I mean, across the board. And anybody who voted for Obamacare didn't read it, as uh, mm-hmm. people said. We, you won't know what it's in until you read it, and you, you, know, you, you can't read it until we pass it into law. So we, we remember that. It was March of 2010, March 21st, 2010. So I, I would tell you, we've had a lot of tragedies in the healthcare system over the years. I think we're straightening many of them out at this point in history. I believe uh, uh, people have perished literally because of Obamacare, and uh, I've debated people on the air on this point. I don't think they've won the debate, but uh, nevertheless, that's what I see. And as a physician who practices in hospital, nursing home, managed health facilities, you can see the constraints government put on healthcare and on doctors as well. And the the medical profession has been generalized. It's a very politicized medical profession nowadays. I find, excuse me for interrupting, but I find that my goal has been for you and every single human being in the United States and throughout the world to understand that your health on this planet is the climate change. In other words, if you want to be healthy and you want to study, I call it nature's pharma. And, and of course, I'm into water life science research. But the thing is, is when you want to get into nature's pharma as a seriousness, to live on this planet and be healthy emotionally and and, and understand the value of the power of water, for example, and we're living with the water of the earth and it's living with us. Once you understand that, you all of a sudden have a respect of what you need to do with your own responsibilities to be taking care of yourself and your health. And the health insurances that are offered to us are when that accident of an emergency or something happens that we didn't foresee. And what's happening in this country, uh, people had to stand back and learn that we have Medicare that was doing just fine yes, for much. those who needed it. We have uh, uh, we have um, Medicaid yeah. that's available for those who yeah. really couldn't go out and afford it. And, right. you know, that was doing you know a lot to help people. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I find that the health insurance companies were ripping off people. Yes, they were. And then here in the United States, there's no question. The medical field was taking advantage of if you have health insurance, we'll just build a health insurance, and the health insurance never questioned how much they were paying. Well, let me let me illustrate that really quick. That. We've got okay. to stop that. We've got to get kind of like the tariff thinking. Let's be fair. I can Let's illustrate be fair that for you. And get people serious yeah. about their health, and and um, but. Now, back to your students again, Doctor. Okay. Uh, sometime, uh, get a hold of Rose Hong, who is going to be my new program director. She's with Dragon Television yeah. in D.C., and she'll be contacting you. But I'd like to see you and a couple of the students come on and discuss the future of science and being more involved and what yeah. their visions would be, what they would be after yeah. in science. Yeah, very, very interesting. That that would be a very nice program to hear what young people have to say, or even older people who are working on them, a master's and PhDs, why they went into it, or why they didn't go into right. it if they're working on something else. 
uh, looking at the name. Just let me illustrate one point on, on Obamacare. After four years on Obamacare, personally, our premiums doubled here, uh, especially in my area, specific to us, and our deductibles went up double and triple. This hit many, many people, and they were hesitant to go to a doctor, so they wait longer and they get sick, and some, sometimes they don't make it uh, to what they need to do you know, in life. So right. this, is, this is what we've seen, and you illustrated the point very well. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, and uh, now back to you and your students and your dedication to your your concern yeah. is uh, the fact that you've been you go around and you try to with appointments or school speaking in these different schools to encourage students of all ages yeah. to get into studying science, to yeah. studying what their vision might be, what their emotional yeah. field of what they emotionally feel yeah. like they could contribute to and and yeah. make a very good living. And uh, out there yeah. that's available to them, and you know yeah. the uh, occupational income with these, uh, they make good livings. Yeah, very uh, good well, livings. Yeah, very, very much so. And in the eighties and nineties, science jobs were going, were starving for people to work in them, and then they couldn't get them, so they had to look other places, companies. That's when Google came along, Apple, and the rest of them. They had to look outside the normal spectrum of Americans applying for the work because there weren't that many. Mm-hmm. Now, we only have a minute left with your part. Is uh, anything you'd like to say to your audience before you go? I think science is the future. I think we see that on the TV and in our cell phones and in life in general. I think people should be encouraged, their children, especially their children, to look at the sciences very seriously, especially if they're late in high school or early in college, and, and discuss these things with them. Because there are many, many jobs out there for them, and there are more in these areas than there are in the social sciences. Right now, as I, as I understand it, I'm a science tutor and a science advisor. People need science tutoring. You can now, contact me. How do people me. find you? Give them I'm their a science tutor. I'm at Plato MD. My, my email is platomd at gmail.com. That's platomd at gmail.com. I tutor in the general sciences, and I try to encourage people, both adults and children, uh, to look towards the sciences as a field of interest, and I try to help them through those trying days when they're trying to make those decisions. All right. Well, we'll do this again, and like I said, we'll have Rose contact you on uh, if any students you'd like to bring on, and they can okay. tell us about uh, what, what they've yeah. learned from you and why they're looking at uh, occupational future uh, career in uh, science. You have Thank a nice you so much. day, and we wish you and your family well. I wish you well, too. Thank you very much for having me. Bye-bye. Thank you, Dr. Davis. Bye. Well, that was a fun laboratory we just had. Dr. Davis was teaching us that he is um, in a position that he'd been a practicing physician for many years, but he decided to go into teaching you how to, if you wanted to go into uh, science and what's available to you and how to, to achieve that. I want you to be thinking also with the show each time about Googling and tapping into what is happening with water crisis throughout the world, water, combating water wars, uh, what's happening to, uh, with flooding, what is happening to our warm climate, uh, what is really happening with the climate change. And uh, you'll get a lot of different stories that don't always go with just one, two, three stories. Study them. Learn more about them. I really want to thank you 
today for listening. This has been a lot of fun for me. This is going to be Water Life Science, Nature's Pharma for You to Learn About Your Health and Be Proactive, and then the power of water that our planet Earth is living with. And what is the power of all that? You breathe, the atmosphere is water. You should be drinking no less than eight glasses of water a day. And you should be considering that your food and all that your lifestyle, that you're preparing for the future and what your life will give you in return. I want to thank you for listening. This is my gift to you. is the power of water, water life science, nature's pharma on this earth. You have a nice day and you be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel with an encore Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com.